How many of you are ready to receive the word of the Lord today? Amen. Give your neighbor a high five. And you may be seated. Seated you may be. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to go ahead and and get right into the word of the Lord today. And uh, if I could have my pulpit back, I certainly would appreciate it. Someone stole my pulpit. (laughs) Report it to the police. Yeah. (laughs) You might have heard the joke about the... uh, the burglar, you know, that was in a house and he was getting ready to steal a bunch of stuff. And, and uh, all of a sudden, out of the corner, he heard these words, Jesus is watching. And he kept hearing it, Jesus is watching. He says, who in the world is that? So he shined his light over this little parrot. He says, ah, uh, Jesus is watching. He says, what's your name? He says, Moses. He says, who in the world caused, calls their pet parrot? Moses says, well, the same people that call their 150-pound Rottweiler Jesus. So that's just a little bit of humor. Maybe you think just a little bit. It's funny. It's good. Praise the Lord. Y'all good today? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Well, by way of announcements, very quickly, Donnie Moore is going to be here tonight. He's always a favorite of Heart of the Bay. He's the chaplain for the Oakland A's. You're going to really enjoy him being here. And then if you want to get water baptized, we have changed our time from 6.30 to 5.45 on the 31st. We already have eight people sign up to get water baptized. It is really, really going to be an awesome event. So you certainly will be blessed. Amen? We're going to hold receiving the offering till the end of the service. Are you ready for the word? Turn to your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18, if you would, this morning. Proverbs, the 18th chapter. And the 14th verse, we're in a series called Spiritually Fit, or we could call it Being in Training. And Proverbs 18:14 says, The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? Now I want you to notice this, a strong spirit will sustain you. Not only when physical attacks come into your life, but a strong spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you has sustaining power. But notice the next part of the verse, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up and bear. Is it possible for us to be strengthened by the power of the Holy Ghost? Now... If it's possible to have a strong spirit, it's also possible to have a weak spirit. Now, if you've had the unhappy advantage of going to the emergency room like I have a couple of times in my lifetime, uh, the first thing that the doctor checks is your what? He checks your vital signs. Because as he, he or she checks your vital signs, they will we'll know that perhaps something is going on in your life so that they can correct it, Right? Well, spiritually speaking, I believe that we also have (coughs) vital signs that can indicate in our lives where we have been weakened in our hearts. And a weak spirit or a weak heart is a very dangerous place and a very dangerous position to be in. Now, I can't stand up before you today and tell you that I've never been weak. I've been strong and I've been weak 
and I can tell you one thing, strong is a lot better. So, in those times where I have been weakened through life's circumstances, or I have been weakened through the challenge of a test, I have discovered this thing, that I can go to someone and some place that is a lot higher than me. And so turn to Psalm 61, and I want you to notice this today. Psalm 61, verse 2. Let me take a, a drink of water. When my heart is overwhelmed, being overwhelmed is an indicator that you have been weakened. And Psalm 61, 2 says, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. And who is that rock that we're talking about today? Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So this place is, I believe, the secret place of the Most High God. Listen, friend, if you've been weakened by the circumstance of life, don't you dare shut down. Need to rise up and run to Him and draw near to Him because in Him you'll find strength In his presence, you'll find the joy of the Lord to enable you to to have victory over what's been weakening you and, and causing you to be weakened in life. Listen very carefully. The joy of the Lord is what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. And where do we find this joy? Well, we find this joy through the word, but we also find this joy in his presence. In Psalm 1611, it says this, In the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. I submit to you this morning that there is a place in God that you can go to for refuge. It is the secret place of the Most High. His name is El Elyon, the Most High God. Now, here's what I found out. When I go to that secret place of the Most High... I begin to see things from his vantage point. I begin to look at my enemies, not as I looked at them once before, from an earthly viewpoint. But I begin to look at my enemies from a heavenly viewpoint. And when you look at your enemies from a heavenly viewpoint, you will always see that he is a defeated foe. You will always recognize that he has been placed way below under the feet of every born-again believer. And so if you have been overwhelmed by life's circumstances, I submit to you today, run to the tower. You know, when you run to the tower, when you run to the secret place of the Most High, he will empower you with strength. Amen? And so if you understand that you can be strong and you can be weak and what to do if you've been weakened that will really enable you to have a great advantage in your life you know one other thing that i've discovered that is an indicator or a symptom of a weak spirit is to be kind of complacent anybody ever been there before sort of complacent and, and maybe a little bit indifferent and, you know, you, 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 you just, you know, you kind of can get into this attitude where you, you get apathetic. And, and when you get apathetic, it's easy kind of 
to be double-minded. You know, one day you're up and the next day you're down and in a couple of weeks you're almost level to the ground. It's a very, very bad place to be. I believe that God has called us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I believe this, that the stronger we are in Him, the easier it will be to do life. Amen. Now, one guy that had ample opportunity to be double-minded and to waver and to be absolutely complacent about life is Abraham. You know, they had been trying for years to have a child, and uh, they couldn't seem to have the child, but then God said, I've made thee, or I've called you the father of many nations. You know, Abraham looked at his body, he looked at Sarah's body, uh, and you know, he... he (laughs) I mean, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't singing, let's get it on, you know. <laughs> he wasn't doing Barry White in the tent, if you know what I mean. I mean, he totally, he totally had to take and completely, by faith, what God said. You might be in that same position. God has told you some things. He's put some dreams in your heart. He's placed within you vision. And you've said to yourself, man, how can this be? i tell you what, how it can be. It's because who gave you the promise? When he gives you the promise, he is able to perform and bring to pass what he's placed in your heart. I want you to look at Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. And I want you to notice this in the Amplified Version. So an indicator of a weak spirit is to be complacent, to be indifferent, to be double-minded... Now, I want us to read verse 20 and 21 together. Let's go. No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. How did he grow strong? How was he empowered by faith? As he gave glory to God. Now read the next verse. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. You know, Abraham received the promise. But he had to hold fast and he had to retain without wavering, without being indifferent, and without being double-minded, he had to keep his eye on the promise. Do you have promises? We also have a God who watches over his word to perform it on your behalf. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. There's been times in my life where I have wondered and wavered and I thought, will I ever, ever get rid of this situation that has been plaguing me for about 40 years? You know, these are questions that you have in the middle of the night. These are questions that you have as you're fighting the good fight of faith. And those thoughts and those imaginations, they don't come from heaven. They come from hell itself. Because hell itself is so low, it wants to pull you and it wants to pull me down where it is. And so there's been difficulties in my life that I've faced and I've wondered and I've wavered. Have you ever kind of gotten to a place where you've wavered and then you got back in faith and you wavered and you've got back in faith? You know, you can yield to the spirit of faith and you can yield to the spirit of fear too. 
But there comes a time in life where we've got to put our stake in the ground. And we've got to say, this is what God said to me. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. Come hell or high water, it doesn't matter what the doctor may say. It doesn't matter what the report says. I am going to believe the report of the Lord. And when you get to that point, and when you get to that place, you will enter into a great place of God's grace. And listen, friends. God's grace will strengthen you. God's grace will enable you to stand in the midst of the most difficult situations. You know, maybe you've had a loved one that went on to be with the Lord. And, you know, I know that everybody says, well, you'll see him again. You'll see him again. And that's awesome. And that's great. That's our blessed hope. But what about now? What about here? Anybody ever face that? Listen, folks. I have sat with people that have loved ones gone on to be with the Lord and that missed them dearly and missed them severely. Yet at the same time, they've looked me in the eye and they said, Pastor, I just want you to know that the grace of God is absolutely amazing. His grace has seen me through. His grace has strengthened me. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit has brought such great comfort and joy into my life. I'm amazed at the grace of God. Hallelujah. So I'm encouraging you today. Don't waver anymore. Don't doubt anymore. We can do without doubt. Instead of doubt, we all need to shout. Glory to God. Come on, let's give the Lord a big shout. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so it's 40 years later that I dealt with this thing. And I just got the report that it's a done deal. It's over with. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. But I want to say to you this, my brothers and sisters. You don't have to have the manifestation of victory to please God. You don't have to have the good report. You've already got the good report. You don't have to be completely debt free. That sickness doesn't have to be completely out of your body to have victory. You are in Christ and you are more than conquerors already, no matter what may be going on in your life. Say with me, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Now, friends, here's what pleases God. What pleases God is you just trusting him. Just having faith in him. Trusting him through the tears. Trusting him in your midnight hour. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, saying, Lord, I don't understand everything that may be going on, but I know one thing for sure. I trust you. And I put my life into your hands. And when you put your life into the hands of the master, you are in the most capable hands of anyone that has ever been. Amen? And so let us not be complacent. Let us not be people that are, are um, so easily giving in. You know what another indicator of a, of a weak spirit is? Another indicator of a weak spirit is to be short-tempered. I think I just hit a chord right there. <laughs> what, what, is, what does being short-tempered mean? Well, to be short-tempered simply means to be touchy. 
to be offended, to be overly sensitive. Even when a person is is short-tempered, they can get out of control, they can get angry, and they can just get into rage. Now, I know that the world has something that they call anger management. Amen. And And I'm all for those types of classes. They can help people. But I believe firmly in my heart that there is a higher way and there's a better way than managing your anger. I believe that you can put your anger under your feet. I believe that instead of anger controlling you, come on, you by the power of the Holy Spirit can have your anger controlled. After all, you need to ask yourself this question, who is in control of my life? Now listen, when we don't feed our spirit, when we don't live a life of worship, when we kind of let things leak, we let things go, spiritually speaking, we become weakened in our soul. We become weakened in our spirit. And then as a result, we are open to the attacks of these things that have come into our lives. Now listen, I know for sure that some of you grew up in beautiful homes and great homes and wonderful places where you never heard an angry word, and you've got anger pretty well in control in your life. I realize that. But for the 99% of you, (laughs) I mean, anger can be an issue. I mean, after all, just go on uh, 880 for a while. You see some road rage. I I was down in San Diego, California. I think this was before I was born again. And this one guy got so angry with the person behind him, he literally got out of his car, pulled the guy out of the car, and just unmercifully just beat him. Beat him. And was beating him. I would say that that person had a demon problem. Had an anger problem. And you've got to hold yourself in check as well. Have you discovered that? I mean, you know, I was on Casterville Boulevard one day, and I'm with my son James. He's probably a teenager. And every dad wants to kind of, let's admit it, every dad wants to kind of be macho in front of their kids. You know? And uh, so, I, you know, Casterville Boulevard can be a very hard place to park. And so, you know, I was backing up, getting ready to parallel park, and some guy just went in behind me and took my parking place. And my hand went on the, the door like this, getting ready. And he stood, no kidding, he stood on the curb for about two minutes giving me the finger. Over and over. The high sign for you that like, would like me to be more politically correct. Over and over again, just smiling, just daring me to come out and fight him. And thank God by the grace of God. I mean, by the grace of God, I didn't get out there in the street. Can you see in the Daily Review or the Oakland Tribune? Pastor Thomas, heart of the bay, jailed for brawl on Castro Valley Boulevard. What kind of a testimony would that be? But I was tempted. You know. I was tempted. Have you ever just, you know, said some things that you regret saying at a later date? Because you're, 
your, 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 your flesh took over, your emotions took over. That's an indicator of being weakened in your spirit. I can remember when our boys were young. You know, Brenda and I are in our 38th year of marriage. We'll be married 38 years July 2nd. And praise God for that. But anybody who tells you that they've been married for 38 years, that never has had a lover spat, you need to cast a lion devil out of them. I mean, we've, had some, we've had some heated conversations. And guess what? You know, the heat wasn't coming from her. The heat was coming from me. I mean, there was a little Holy Ghost and fire coming from her. But the fleshly heat and the fleshly anger was coming from me. And my kids, you know, saw some of those things. We're not talking about, you know, duking it out or anything. Just talking about words. How many of you know that your words can cut? Your words can hurt. And so I know that it hurt her. And I know it was a bad example for my boys. And so instead of being macho Mark, what I did at a later time is I got my boys together. I said, boys, you witnessed something you shouldn't have witnessed. But... More than that, I want you to know I was wrong in what I said. I displayed a bad temper, and I just want you guys to know that I was wrong, and I'm asking you to forgive me. So you see, you're asking kids to forgive you? Why not? Because they're going to model. Come on. Come on now. They're going to model what they see in the home. And by the grace of God, I'm so happy to announce that both of my boys are in their 30s and they're serving God. They haven't run from God. And so you can only control your temper by having a strong spirit. And I just want to say this too. Be careful on the road. There's a lot of crazy people out there. Is it really worth you Getting there two minutes ahead of time? You don't know what they may have under their seat. So how then do we develop a strong spirit so that we can overcome complacency, so we can overcome a short temper, so that we can overcome indifference only by the power of God's Word and by the power of the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you? You see, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. He said, but I, talking about his spirit, everyone say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a physical body. So Paul is saying, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, King James Version, he says this, but I keep under my body. Now, what does that mean? He says, I don't let my body control me. I don't let my emotions control me. But I bring my body into subjection. In other words, the real me, the spirit of man, by the Holy Spirit of God, he is the one who is in control of my body. Have you noticed that even though you're born again and maybe even spirit-filled, your body will still want to do a lot of stupid things? Have you noticed that your mind will go down the wrong track if you don't bring it into subjection? So what this is saying is I, by the Holy Spirit, in my spirit, 
I keep my body in subjection. In other words, I make me, my body submit to me. I don't let my body do everything it wants to do. I don't let my tongue say everything it wants to say. Come on. And I don't allow my mind to think the way that it would tend to wander off and think. So he says, but I, say this with me, but I, keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Then he goes on to say, lest by any means what I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And the word castaway simply means this, that I myself would be disqualified. And you're here today and you're saying, yeah, but that's the Apostle Paul. He could have been disqualified being an apostle. I'm nobody. I can't be disqualified. You're wrong. You are somebody. I said, you're somebody. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And God has given you a testimony. Say it with me. God has given me a testimony. So what do you say we guard our testimony? What do you say we keep our testimony and not let our body go crazy on us? Amen? Now, you do this by the Word. You do this by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want to encourage you, saints. Keep your house... And wherever you are, always keep the Word close to you. Build an atmosphere of God's Word in your home, in your car. Have at your disposal worship and praise CDs. Worship and praise DVDs. What are you doing? You're building your heart up. And then if you haven't yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, did you know that you can be? And one of the greatest advantages of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the privilege of praying in other tongues. As you pray in, in the Spirit, and as you pray in other tongues, you keep your inner man built up. You strengthen your inner man so that when the test comes to sway you away, You're so built up and so charged up that you'll be able to keep that under your feet. Amen? Everyone stomp your foot and say, the devil is under my feet. Glory to God. Let's give him praise for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord who always causes me to triumph. So, what am I saying to you? There's a way in God for you to be spiritually fit and strengthened so that you can stay calm, you can stay cool, and you can stay steady. Now, when I say, say stay cool, I'm not talking about cool, baby. I'm talking about staying calm. Let's look at a couple verses on that, can we? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. 2 Timothy 4 verse 5. It says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Let's pull it up in the Amplified Version if we could. 
As for you, now sometimes you've got to have the conversations with yourself. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't hurt you to wake up tomorrow morning and point at yourself in the mirror and say, As for you, as for you, be calm, be cool, and be steady. You know what I've had to do sometimes? Been in meetings and maybe the meetings have gotten off track and I got a little frustrated. And instead of voicing my frustration, I'll just say, excuse me, I have to go to the restroom. Then I'll shut the door in the restroom and I'll actually enter into rest. Didn't really have to use it, but I entered into rest. By praying in the spirit. And by taking authority over that which would try to lure me into the flesh zone. So it says here, be calm, be cool, and be steady. Now look over at Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 27. This is in the NAS version. I don't know if we have that or not, but Proverbs 17, 27 in the NAS Let's read this one together. You ready? He who restrains his word has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit. Say this with me I have a cool spirit. Because I restrain my words by the power of God. Now, here's another secret that I've learned. All these years of life, all these years of ministry, sometimes it's just better to say nothing. I mean, why do you feel like you have to say something? Your flesh will say, it seems like something needs to be said. But your heart will say, son, daughter, hold your tongue. Is not your tongue a part of your body? I keep it, my body, under subjection. And so, let us be strengthened today. Let us be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Paul said to the church at Ephesus, he said, in conclusion, be strong. Be empowered through your union with Him. Strong in the Lord. I have also discovered this. That the stronger that people are in Jesus, the stronger they are in their heart, the easier it will be for them to resist temptation. Isn't that right? Now, remember that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. The disciples fell asleep. He said, the spirit is willing, they said to him, but what is the flesh? The flesh is weak. A lack of prayer will always cause your flesh to be weakened. But as you are strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit, guess what? You don't have to yield to sin anymore. You don't have to do the things that have entangled you in the past. You know, in Romans 6.14, it says this, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under the grace 
of God. Say this with me. Sin has no dominion over me. For I always do those things that are pleasing in the sight of the Lord. You see, a strong spirit will not only help you to resist sin and temptation, but a strong spirit will also help you to receive from God, to receive from the Lord. How many, how many fishermen or fisherwomen do we have in here today? Anybody ever been fishing? The stronger the pole and the line, the bigger the fish you'll catch. If you go out there fishing with a little snoopy fishing pole, don't expect to receive much. And so the stronger your spirit is, the easier it is for you to receive from God. And as you receive from God... The stronger you are in him, the more you'll be able to hold on to what you've got. See, the scripture tells us to let us hold fast and retain without wavering what we have received from the Lord. The book of Revelation says, hold fast that that you have. Look at Galatians 6 and 9 in the Amplified Version, if you would. Galatians, the 6th chapter, the ninth verse. It says this. It says, let us not lose heart or grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due season and at the appointed season we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and So once you've received from God, then hold on to what you have received. Now listen very carefully to this last one today. As I told you, we're not going to preach all day, but this is a really important one. A strong spirit. Everyone say a strong spirit. This is what it will do. It will help you and help me withstand impact and pressure. It'll help you withstand impact and pressure. You know, the other day, Brenda and I were in uh, Emeryville, kind of close to downtown Oakland, and we're looking at replacing our cabinets and getting some granite in our kitchen. You know, you've been in the same year house for about 30 years. It's time to do some improvements. And, uh, We went over that freeway that had collapsed in the 1989 earthquake. How many of you were here in 89? That was during, I believe, the fourth game of the World Series. A's versus Giants. And that freeway came down and it pancaked a bunch of automobiles. It pancaked uh, a van. We had someone that was related to the church driving a van from the... Oakland Airport to the city of Berkeley to drop some people off. And he was under that freeway and lost his life. It was a terrible, terrible tragedy. But as we were driving over it the other day, we were on the same freeway. You know, they did some upgrades on that freeway. What did they do? They built that freeway back up to the degree that it could absorb the shock of earthquakes. So that people could be safe 
driving over it. This building in which we sit, we purchased it in 2002. We didn't move into until 2003. But we had the choice to scrimp a little bit on the design by the engineers. We didn't have to do it legally. We could have gotten by without doing it. But we made sure that this place was safe and that it was upgraded by extra steel and extra things that would absorb the shock of an earthquake. So not only are we covered by Psalm 91. (laughs) Amen. But we're also in a good place. Somebody says, well, at Brasser Mark, I, I, I just quote Psalm 91 and forget it and save them money. Pressure and things that come to impact your life that try to take us down. The stronger our spirit is, the more we'll be able to have victory in that area. Look with me to Luke chapter 6. Luke the 6th chapter, if you would. And uh, notice with me, stand by here, Luke the 6th chapter, I believe it's verse 47 through 49. There it is. He said, Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever comes to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Verse 48. He's like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on what? Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. And when the flood arose, and it will, and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, notice with me, It couldn't what? The pressure and the impact of life's circumstances cannot shake the man or the woman whose house is built on hearing the sayings of Jesus and doing the sayings of Jesus. And could not shake it, for it was what? Founded upon a rock. Now... I like going to movies. You like going to movies? I I saw Furious 7. I like that, especially when they went out of the airplane and in their cars. I saw Marvel. How many of you like to be entertained? You like to be entertained? I especially liked the other night when Steph Curry took that. (laughs) That 62-foot three-pointer. And did you notice it didn't hit the rim? I mean, let's face it. We like to be entertained. We like to have fun. I, I, I enjoy watching football. I enjoy watching basketball. I'm going to enjoy watching the Warriors win the NBA championship. But you know what? I won't have to do nothing. All I got to do is get me a big tub of popcorn. A big daddy burger. 
Some onion rings? What time is it now? That's all I got to do. I don't have to train. I don't have to be green and play defense like a madman. I don't have to be Draymond. I don't have to be Bogut and block everybody's shots. I can just be entertained. And that's okay naturally. But that same mindset of entertainment slips into the church. And in some cases, it borderlines idolatry. We have our favorite preachers. Oh, we want their autographs and we want to do selfies with them. You know, we'll line up for blocks to get them to sign their book that costs us $20. Not bad. It's all, it's all good. And then, oh, the singers. Salami, salami, bologna. If we're not careful, this church could be an entertainment center. And really, you're the one who determines whether or not you've come to be entertained or you've come to hear and to actually take this message and do something with it all week long. Now, say this real strong as we close. I'm not just a hearer of the Word. I am a doer of the Word. And in doing the Word of God, I will grow strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'll be able to say, out of a heart filled with strength, that I have strength for all things. I am self-sufficient. Only in Christ's sufficiency. I'm equal to anything. And everything. Through Jesus Christ. Who infuses my spirit. With strength. Put your hands on your belly and say this with me. Holy Spirit. Strengthen me. With all might, all week long, in the name of Jesus, amen. Now let me pray with you. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I know that there is something in this message today that resonated with each and individual in this auditorium. Lord, whatever it is in the area of weakness, I thank you for strengthening them. This week, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Did you get anything out of the word today? Praise God.